0: What's going on, bench warmers? This is the far end of the bench with Jimmy Pilato and myself, Nikolai Bryant. What a week it was. We had MMA, we had fo- we had college football, we had NBA basketball, we have NHL hockey. There's so much that happened this past week, and it's only gonna continue to get better because we also have baseball coming back, and there's literally everything you could want right now. NBA Finals talk, we have Nuggets talk. Jimmy's gonna come in with his center of attention talking about his fandom and why it took it took him way too long to finally get enjoying this but now he's a part of it and that so we're getting that on his attention talk about the nuggets what needs to be done then we go into um the Tampa Bay lightning winning their first day of the cup um big win there and then we go to nfl of course nfl talk we're both football guys gotta touch up on that and then of course man we have MLB. MLB's back we were watching baseball all day i watched baseball all day it was a lot of fun to, to follow along with um Gonna to want to stick around for all that, and then we talking about the UFC card as well. It's top to bottom one of our best episodes we've had because of all the different things we touch upon. You guys are not gonna to want to miss this. You're gonna have a lot of fun listening along with this. So without further ado, Jim, let's get going.
1: Uh, are, are we Are we starting, Coach? Are, are we Can you put me in? Are we Are we starting? Oh,
0: Silence. Oh, let's go.
1: My line, a couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off.
0: politicians
1: the- Alright, bench warmers, let's go, we're back. It's Tuesday night. It's time to record another podcast. I'm over at Nico's house, the boy Nico in the fraud city shirt. And there's been a lot that's happened, you know, over this past week in sports. We had a Stanley Cup champion, first professional sports champion, crowned, probably, I don't know about MLS, I'm sorry. Uh, since the pandemic Basketball NBA Finals are set Unfortunately the Nuggets went down But we're going to start this center of attention I was glad I had this one Because I've been having this one bubble up inside of me Recently And I was thinking about it And I don't know why I haven't been As big of an advocate for the Nuggets I felt bad Because I've been trashing them for a long time I've been saying Jamal Murray's not a superstar They don't embody toughness Yet all they do is continue to just show me up And, and push a game seven last year against Portland when they were down. Push a game seven and win these game sevens this past year in the playoff run. And, and that's just something that I've always felt as a Colorado fan was the, the heart of the city is that we're the team that's never supposed to be there, but when we get there, we make the most of it. And that's what this Denver Nuggets team did. So I, I wanted to piggyback off the last few weeks what we've been doing with Nico and the giving the Nuggets some love because, damn it, they deserve it. The national media is going to get on board at some point, but this is a hell of a start. I'm proud to call myself a Nuggets fan. You can call me a bandwagon. I'm a Colorado native, so you can't really do that. But that's what this week's Center of
0: Attention is about. Now let's get on with the rest of the podcast. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my goodness gracious, it is so good to hear that from you, Jim Boy. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, I've been, like, we've been harping on the Nuggets. I've been harping on the Nuggets for the past month and a half, it feels like. It's been such a fun run. It's unfortunate that, that we lost to the Lakers in game five on, on a Saturday night. It, it was a hell of a season, a hell of a run. This Nuggets team deserves a lot, a lot of credit, man. Just like I was saying in my center of attention last week, it's a culture change. It was a culture change. Um, this this team is now set up to um, do a lot of big things in the future. This this was this was not this is our this is our season to show that we we could have it be a franchise where that contends for t- titles in the near future for a very long time.
1: Well, this doesn't feel like a fluke, and that's the biggest thing. By the way, I want to welcome in our test viewers, um, just so that we're we're trying this thing out. So we we have a test video going. You guys might see like clips of this, but we won't see the whole thing. But A lot of the times when a team like the Nuggets makes it as far as they did and do have the historic run that they did, we can't discount the fact that they did make NBA history being the first team to come back from 3-1 in two series in the playoffs. Uh, A lot of the times when teams like that win and go as far as the Nuggets did, it feels like a fluke, and you can tell that this team, like when uh, the Ducks first got expanded and they were in the final, and then they didn't make it to the final again for another Fifteen years or whatever, I can see the Nuggets team, this Nuggets team, competing for the same Western Conference Final that they were this year if everything goes. Correct.
0: Uh, yeah, ever ever since this Malone was was brought to this team, the team has nothing but improved. First year we lost, we, we were one game away from making the eight seed, and lost the last game of the year to Minnesota. The next year after that, made the um made the first, second round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. where we lost Game Seven to Portland, and then that year we knocked off San Antonio on a great. pocket. Popovich coach team, which is a lot, to t- which is a huge um, stepping stone, and then to this year to, to get over that hump, of the second round, get to the Western Conference Finals, a thing that the Clippers have never done is is crazy in my mind. This team is only on the rise, and now we have to make the next move. Mm-hmm. Now you can't you can't settle. You can't no, you can't be there like okay, this team is is good enough, but we got to be better now.
1: Yeah, and that's. Um, I think that's one of the biggest turning points for the way that I feel about the Nuggets is that the management. When I hear Kronky ma- owns and manages the team, it's when I hear it. That's just a piggy bank so that he could spend all the money that he wants to on, on Los Angeles. He actually does try and put a put together a staff and a team that'll go out and get it. If you read the blog that got posted on the Unhinged website on Monday night, uh, I talked about how now the Nuggets can't sit on what they have. They have to. They still have steps to improve the doc. And as we can get into the doc rivers thing, but the main main point of the article was that the nuggets are in a great position, but nothing that's happened so far in this offseason has affected what they need to do in the offseason. You need to get MPJ and bowl on defense in the gym and in the weight room so that they can get some strength on them, play with these grown grown ass men that they're going to be going up against because those two are still kids. Um, and then I think that you need to siphon out some of that older talent. That's keeping a lot of your money and maybe start looking towards they're, – they're good at drafting. They've proven that. they if, if they can be the Patriots and draft the under-talented guys and the not-so-athletic freaks and develop them, that's going to be the, the route I see this team possibly starting a dynasty.
0: Yeah, one thing Tim Connolly has shown has shown in the past is that um, he finds talent where, where people don't think it's happening. MPJ was a, was a number one pick at one point um, in the pre-job process, and he landed at 15 of us. Bo Bo was a top ten pick before he got hurt in college, and he fell to us in the second round. Jokic was a was a um a second round pick, and he and when he got drafted, there was a freaking Quesarito commercial on. I mean, these this is just <coughs> this is just the mantra the Nuggets have shown. Um, the next step, I think, if we're going down to specifics, the first thing you got to do if you're the Devon Nuggets, number one priority is re-signing Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant, I mean, I heart on it the last two last two weeks. He was a game-changer. He locked up Kawhi, locked up LeBron for the most part, and he was a difference maker in hitting big threes. He's your starting power forward. You give that man whatever he wants because he should not be going anywhere. He is unrestricted free agent now because he did just opt out of his contract for next year, but he is your number one priority. Yes, Paul Millsap has done a lot of great things for your team, but your number one priority is making sure Jeremy Grant doesn't leave the 303.
1: Yeah, and that's – it's the difficult thing about managing teams in a market like Denver, where you're a major market, but you don't necessarily have major market money. You can't do what Golden State did uh, and just go out and get tons of talent to put around your stars. You're gonna be you're gonna be the ones that have to find the scraps and the guys that you never thought could play or the guys that everybody had written off at some point get when to come back. And that's where Michael Malone comes in comes in handy because people love to play for a coach like that where he. He's always got his players back, but he's honest with his players. That's he's a, that's a thing that I've noticed professional athletes like to play for. Um, and then, uh, it just that's you're not going to be able to draw these big names because of it's being Denver. It's changing a little bit, but it's still you know it's it's a mid market team in the NBA's eyes. So you're going to have to develop your own t- your own superstar. Yeah, they
0: have. It, it, I mean the, the next next biggest biggest thing besides signing <laughs> Jeremy Grant is, is like you said is. Is development and MPJ needs to be very defensively. He should be the starting small forward going into next season. I will
1: give him props. He played defense way better than I thought he was going to all throughout the playoffs.
0: He did. Do after that first series when the Jazz were just picking on him, he did step up a lot more. But that then his shooting went down, and that was another problem. Now the next step is having both come together. Um, the, the the Nuggets. I, I've been I've been saying this the past few weeks, jokingly saying it and saying how. We need to go out, and maybe get another um, scorer, another guy who can play defensively, or um, who can play defensively against like another guard, or just score and give you another bucket. And I, I in my opinion, I think those players that the Nuggets need to be looking out for is Drew Holiday out of New Orleans. Who, who um, New Orleans is, is in a rebuilding stage, even though they're right on the cusp of the playoffs. They probably do want to move on from him and have Lonzo and Josh Hart possibly be the top two or the, they're uh, starting backcourt um, so he's a possibility for trade market then you look at Oladipo Pacers just um, he just came out and basically said that he is going to be looking elsewhere and possibly did demand trade he didn't say it outright, but it is a good possibility and with Oladipo um, he he is great offensively much better threat than than what was uh, Gary Harris but He'll bring that defensive t- intensity, as, like like a Gary Harris did. I mean, would would you say Jimmy? As Jimmy's closing yeah. the door. But, That's the bad part about. Yeah, Old Depot Holiday, and I was harping on getting Bradley Beal earlier as well. But Bradley Beal might come at as a bigger cost. They, I mean, get, if you have to give up Monte Morris, make sure you keep Pedro Dozier. But there's so many more weapons on this team that could be used in a big trade for a former All-Star like Old Depot Holiday or Beal. That could put this team over the top offensively. I mean, if the defense comes along with the development of the other guys, and you keep Jeremy Grant, this team is right there alongside Golden State. Yes, I just said them, um, the Lakers well, and the Clippers again.
1: We've talked about it. Golden State's coming back. Golden State's going to be that. Uh, they're going to be the Undertaker popping up in the final final segment of the match. Uh, shout out the Chokeslam Wrestling Report since they're on the Unhinged Network. Shout out Unhinged for also sponsoring us and being. A platform where you can read blogs that like I wrote on Monday and listen to the show Wednesdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Mountain
0: 11 a.m. Mountain Time. A. M. Mountain time. Um, but then, but now, before we go into the uh, Stanley Cup Final, we have to talk about the NBA Finals. We said it a few weeks back: if the Nuggets were to lose to the Clippers, and now that they lost to the Lakers, that we're going to basically be a Miami, or a Florida podcast and. We we picked a lot. We wanted Lightning to win to beat the Stars, and that happened. And now we got we're, we're all aboard the Heat train, all aboard the Heat culture. And uh, if if you know me personally, you'll know that I, I've had the privilege and chance to meet Andy Ellsberg, meet Pat Riley, meet meet Eric Spoelstra, and a bunch of those incredible individuals that the Heat have in their uh, front office down there. And this Heat team has been built up from the ground, man. I, no, no one thought this team was going to be where they were, especially when D-Wade retired, when LeBron left, when Chris Bosh had the blood clot. This Miami team was built off of players that no one thought was going to make it in the NBA. No one thought. Duncan Robinson was a, was a D3 basketball player, was a good player at Michigan, but he, he wasn't drafted. Kendrick Nunn came out of the G League. These, all these players just come in with a chip on their shoulder, and that's all led by Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is the Delane Wade of this team now.
1: Yeah, um, I think the Heat are a example of what franchi- a franchise like the Nuggets could be in the future if they continue with the process. They just seem to have a lot of the same pieces set up, but I agree with you. There's not a lot of people that I know on the Heat. I'm starting to learn a little bit more about Tyler Hero uh, after Absolute his bucket. his huge game, <laughs> Game 7 against the Celtics, and then yeah, all the talk about him being a bucket and his days at Duke and it's Kentucky oh. days, sorry. Oh, Kentucky days, sorry. Yeah, that's gonna piss a whole lot of you Kentucky off. I'm days. sorry. Days. I'm getting more into and NBA big, basketball, but I don't know college basketball. And his well big game YouTube. four, sorry.
0: Just gonna help you out there. Oh. But yeah, it's big game four where he had 37 points, which yeah. is unheard of out of a rookie. I mean, um, Tyler, Tyler here is getting a lot, a lot of respect. Um, in this league and that's because Jimmy Butler is, is molding him into the player he can't be and Jimmy Butler is getting the best out of the player both those Kentucky guys Dan Montevideo and Tyler Hero have shown um, why Kentucky has always been a um, forefront in, in college basketball and they will continue to be um, it, it was it, Kentucky basically dominated this Conference Finals. You had A.D., you had Jamal Murray, you had Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, four players who basically dominated all throughout the playoffs, and Devin Booker, not even talking about him because he was in the bubble. Um, but all these players from Kentucky that just brights were when the bright lights were on them. And it's it's no tough task. It, it's no easy task, sorry, going against LeBron-led team, in the Lakers, especially in the Finals. But if a team – there's, there's not a deeper team. Um, right now than the Heat I mean it's, it's top to bottom this team is built different it's built different
1: I think they're who I want to win especially now that the Nuggets are out I think that after seeing the Celtics play a couple games I think they're the only team that can win because of the fact that Jimmy Butler can he, he's going to be a factor going up against a guy like LeBron he, he's going to have a lot on his shoulders when the series starts because you're going to have to make sure all these young guys and guys have never been in this situation I mean Jimmy Butler has never been in the situation. He just happens to be a veteran of the league. But go in, calm everybody down, do the Hoosiers thing. I don't care. Get underneath the basket, measure it. It's 10 feet. Who cares? If you're playing in the same place that you always play. It's just It just happens to be a championship game.
0: No, this Heat team is built to beat the Lakers. We were saying it how the Clippers were beat to beat the Lakers, but they weren't built to beat the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets, matchup wise were were very, very um, shorthanded. You don't have a starting small forward that can go at LeBron all, uh, for 40, 40-plus minutes, and you don't have a starting... Um, power forward that can guard AD necessarily. You don't um, have
1: a lawyer who can write an email to the NBA for
0: fouls. Uh, that's also true, <laughs> but we're we're not going to get into that because that was a whole mess. And LeBron is LeBron, but whatever. You can go back he's, to the f- you can go back to the thread and see Nico freak out first. Yeah, you can go back to those games because that was losing my mind. But Bam, like I said, Bam Adebayo can lock up Anthony Davis. I am not Bam Adebayo. One of my beats of the week, you're going to see him coming up. But he is very he's going to be huge in the series guarding Anthony Davis, and then Jimmy Butler being able to guard LeBron. The next thing is, if you're able to lock those two up, lock those four together and keep them together and keep making sure that they feed off each other, and having um, Jimmy Butler match LeBron and Bam match Anthony Davis, then you go to the role players, and Miami's role players heavily outweighs the Lakers. I mean, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are absolute buckets. <laughs> I mean, absolute buckets. Duke, both those guys can get shots up whenever they want. And then another point guard in this league that has been disrespected for so long, one of the most underrated point guards in the league, Goran Dragic, has done a great job as well leading that offense, um, getting big shots as well. This, this Heat team is built to beat the Lakers. On paper, a LeBron-led team should win most these, against a team like the Heat, but this Heat team is built to beat a team like that. It would be
1: poetic justice. Well, there's a lot of ways that the season could end in poetic justice. The Lakers winning in the year that Kobe and Gianna Bryan, all the rest of the people who are on the helicopter that ended up going down in January. That's great, and that's awesome. But you could also have LeBron be taken down by the very empire he once helped create. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the intrigue is going to come for this matchup. Because, to be honest with you, outside of like big basketball fans, I don't know how many regular NBA fans know about Jimmy Butler. But this is going to be a chance for him to kind of announce himself... To the to the entire because everybody watches the championship whether you're a basketball fan or not. I've watched finals games before, and everybody knows. Before recently, have not been a basketball fan, so this is going to be his kind of his coming out party, I think, and that's going to be another factor to go along in the series.
0: No, I I agree with you completely there. The only thing I disagree with is is LeBron creating that culture in Miami. That culture was built. When Shaq came there, and when D-Wade was was drafted there, and Pat Riley was traded from the Knicks to Heat and became the head coach of mine. He that was built right when um, Pat Riley was, was there. And then bringing Andy Ellsberg, who is the mastermind behind bringing in the Big Three, behind getting all these um, late or second-round picks or undrafted players and getting them the right team put together. People don't talk about him much. That's going to be my center of attention next week, most likely, but... Andy Elgeberg has done an incredible job year after year. Spelstra is is very very underappreciated coach in, the, in this league as well. And this team has a lot of lot of great potential to win this year and even future years as well. I mean, it's Miami. The free agents are obviously going to want to go there, so it won't be that hard.
1: Yeah, summer's down down the South Beach ain't that bad. Yeah, South Beach ain't that
0: bad. <laughs> but now before before we dive into our normal NFL stuff and MLB as well, we have that on the slate as well, but we got to talk about the Stanley Cup final, man. Oh, my goodness. Tampa Bay coming back, basically having a Cinderella story again after losing to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round of last year, getting swept, and then winning the Stanley Cup this year. Very similar to what Virginia did in college basketball mm-hmm. two years ago, how they lost to a 16 seed and then come back and win the championship. I mean, it was a great, great story. And that Lightning team was top to bottom the best team in the NHL.
1: Yeah, I don't think that there was a doubt about that they you know, obviously we have a bias. If you saw the unhinged map of where all the podcasts are based out of, we are the furthest west. So we are probably the only ones, we are probably the furthest away from any Tampa Bay Lightning game ever being played on regular TV ever. It's just, it is what it is. The Lightning have been a pretty successful franchise since they've been in the NHL, but they're not a big, uh, a big enough market to really expand all the way outside of the borders of Florida. So going into the series... I said it. I did not know or understand how talented Tampa was. And and honestly, talent-wise, skill-wise, I think they match the avalanche skate for skate. And then you add that extra bonus of big defensemen and big, powerful guys. Victor Hedman, Conn Smythe, trophy winner. And then Blake Coleman, who had a big goal last night. And he came into the game last night having 120 hits in the series. Just the series. So imagine how many hits he's been putting on guys since they came back in July. It was... It was a great series played overall. Dallas, I'll give you some credit. you guys did make it to the championship. You did make it exciting. and the fact that you guys pushed it to six, I give kudos because I thought that I thought for sure the lightning were gonna close it out in five. Uh, but this this Tampa Bay team was the best team in hockey. whether they finished I think the Stanley Cup final at the end when or back in June when it was supposed to be, Taking place if the pandemic never happened, I still think Tampa will walk, will walk away with the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah, it would have been nice to see the game five uh, overtime uh, game winner by Tampa Bay to seal the cup, but it still was sweet seeing them win in six. That's um, the did an incredible job in that. Victor Hedman, like we've been, Con Smythe winner, Kucherov, um, Braden Point, this whole team top to bottom was. Um, the best team in the in the NHL, and they showed it. Oh my God, did they show it? Yeah. They kept coming at you. It was you didn't know where you didn't know where it was coming from, man. You didn't know if the defense was going to score. You didn't know if Vasilevsky was going to um, set a puck down the ice and get an assist himself. Like mm-hmm. this team was going to hit you from so many different spots that it just came out of nowhere, and you just did. You had no idea what was going on.
1: No, it was it was a very. Varied attack, and that's why they were the best team in hockey because they could do whatever they wanted to. If you wanted to play down and dirty like the Stars do with their size, they could do that, and everybody on the ice could. Um, but I think the depth is something they were harping on it a lot last night in the broadcast when I was watching the game. The fact that the third line was the one who scored the game-winning goal—it wasn't even Kucherov point. Yeah, they did both. Kucherov had an assist to point. And yeah, points set the Tampa Bay record for scoring with 14 goals in the postseason. Both amazing. And they've both been playing out of their mind. But the fact that you get a third-line goal in a game, in a moment, in a series as big as this one, with everything that they've had to go through, this is why I think, yeah, there's the asterisk that the championships won in the bubble. They were won in the bubble, so who knows what would happen otherwise. But – It's difficult to play a professional sport, compete against other professional athletes, get ready for a game with that kind of skill level, and also have to deal with all the bullshit that COVID has to put on you. Like, you have to, you were uh, hockey and basketball are in a hotel room for a long time. They went back in July, guys. We've been quarantined for a long time. So, yeah, it sucks being stuck there, but stuck there, and then you have to compete on that high of a level with that amount of pressure. This, the, the people who win championships this season, I think, are more impressive than the regular champions. No, the,
0: the, there was a stat: Nuggets came home on on uh, Monday night, and they were there for eighty three days. You don't think about that process wise because it feels like time has been going by so much faster than what it has, especially during quarantine and during all this sh- everything that's all the shit that's been going on. Like time flies, but it literally feels like yesterday that I was watching a Heat versus Nuggets first game of the, of the. Um, bubble going back when we had five uh our starting lineup was all seven footers. like when, it feels like yesterday when
1: everybody didn't understand it didn't understand how they could get through an entire playoff series with the bubble with not having a breakout not having anything and that's i want i did want to bring this up that's a testament to the people who worked at the bubble and the leagues themselves they've been doing a great job in the players sacrificing their freedoms Liberties, not freedoms. Liberties of going out and doing whatever they want with professional athletes being professional and having the money to do so. They also took a step back from being social, and I think this is this showed who really loved the game and who wasn't in wasn't in it for the money.
0: No, I, and, yeah. Going harping on top of that, if you look at what the Clippers did too, they didn't want to play in the bubble. A and then uh, I mean, uh, I mean, they're obviously a bunch of social justice. Um, things going on in the world, and then there was the killing as well that halted the league a few weeks back, and they didn't necessarily want to continue there, but that was just the mindset that um, they were one of the few teams that had that, and then that's then that, that affected their play. It really mm-hmm. did. That led to Doc Rivers firing, led to everything, but both the NBA and NHL bubble, every single person in each of those bubbles, whether it be a player, whether it be a coach, whether it be the person that threw the hats on the ice, whatever it may be, every person deserves so much credit, so much love, so much praise, because they they've given us the best month and a half, two, and a half, two months of sports I I think I've ever seen in my life like it's it's crazy to think that because no other time in my life has there been baseball there's been I mean even though we don't follow it as much there's been baseball football basketball hockey UFC it's everything you could ever want like it's 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 been such a blessing that. Goes to And that's a huge kudos just because everyone that has been behind the scenes and making sure that this has been a smooth transition and making sure that no outbreaks within the players.
1: Yeah, it's been as good as I th- thought it would feel when everything did get canceled. Uh, that was always what you said to yourself. When everything comes back, it's going to be so sweet having baseball, hockey, basketball, and football on at the same time. It'll make up for not getting our normal, you know, how did you know it was Easter this year? There was no Masters. How did you know, you know, no NCAA tournament, wrestling or basketball? I was bummed out with no wrestling tournament. I know you were bummed out with no basketball tournament. So it was just proof that we can turn the corner and we can do things and we can be somewhat normal and still enjoy the same things that we did.
0: Yeah, and Saturday was a testament to like that. I had, we had a tweet that said, Now that the Lakers played Game 5, there was a Stanley Cup Game 5 as well. There was a UFC card that was headlined by two title fights. There was college football all day and then including the uh, primetime um, matchup between Miami and Thor State. Two teams are are very like one of the most ha- storied rivalries, in, storied college rivalries football. in college football. I mean, they couldn't have got better, and we are so fortunate to be covering it too. Um, all the live tweeting both of us have been doing has been so much fun, man. Yeah. I mean now it's gonna it's gonna be weird now that we won't have hockey and basketball every other day and, and not and now we're gonna have to deal with baseball, but well, it is what it is. I don't
1: know if you live tweet a baseball game. I think you just tweet about a baseball game. Yeah. Um, but we'll be doing. We'll start picking up some more NFL games because we're gonna do all the primetime games, and then if the Bengals play uh, one week where I can watch, I'll do those games. But it, it's the content will slow down and it'll feel like we we can all take a breath for a second. But this has been fun. I mean. The, the love that we've gotten on the podcast, it was so much fun interacting with tons of different people. that's That was why when you said, do you want to do the finals of each, even if the Avalanche or Nuggets aren't in it, I said yes because I wanted to interact with the people who are fans of the other teams, and I did that a couple times. Uh, we, we got accused of being a Saints podcast the other night when I was doing Sunday Night Football, talking about how bad uh, – I was talking about how bad Drew Brees looked, and then the guy thought that we were a Saints podcast. I was like, "Listen, I don't, I don't cheer for the Saints. I was just watching the game."
0: And that's a pretty good segue into our NFL talk. I mean, we'll we'll start with that Saints uh, Packers game on Sunday night. Um, what what a game that was! It's unfortunate all the injuries again happened this week. It just feels like they keep piling up. But this Saints um, Packers game, it's 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 crazy. Aaron Rodgers, like uh, Matt Lafleur, this offense. This is the best Aaron Rodgers we've seen since the Super Bowl. He, he won back in 2012. He's on a different level.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, he, he's gone back and said it. I think the Jordan Love drafting was a little bit of a motivator for him, but he also said that he knew he, he'd been getting, letting things slide. He knew how talented he was, and he wasn't putting in as much work. And then with quarantine happening and them drafting Jordan Love, he said that he's gone back and watched film from the seasons where he was winning Super Bowls and MVPs and now he's following all those little footwork things that he'd kind of let go lacks a little bit. Matt LaFleur helps out a lot. He, um, I think he's the best of the Sean McVay disciples to use that same kind of offense. Everything really does look the same when the uh, Packers are playing. Everything, all the motions, it looks like the same exact play, but they have four or five different plays off of it. Uh, this is a scary. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is in MVP form and possibly Super Bowl MVP form.
0: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is is playing like, like the um, legend he is. I mean, we it's a, we were we were saying this a few weeks back, but if Aaron Rodgers is only able to get one Super Bowl. I mean, if the Packers are only able to get one Super Bowl out, Aaron Rodgers is it'd be one of the most wasted great or most wasted quarterbacks of all time. And this year they look like they're ready to rumble. Mm-hmm. Right? Like ready to take on anybody and whoever. That defense is looking a lot better. Aaron Jones is playing well. I mean, every there's so many unknown names of that offense that or not first round picks or not, um, big names, but um. oh,
1: Aaron Jones is the best running back in football. Uh, and he's, he's gotten a lot better blocking wise. That's, uh, he, he gets, yeah, he I think he had 140 all purpose yards. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. I, I want to talk about the saints really quickly because they had a lot of hype coming into the season with the recent, you know, the two times that they've been screwed in the NFC championship games or deep in the playoffs. Um, uh, I think that they are seriously going to have to look at not having Drew Brees as their quarterback at some point of the season. I think they either need to give Jameis a shot or give Taysom Hill more snaps under center. But Drew Brees at quarterback, this it's a testament to the Saints roster because they are dragging his 40-year-old balding ass up the hill with them. Because Alvin, Did you see the 55-yard touchdown he had to Alvin Kamara? where it was thrown three yards across the line of scrimmage, maybe even thrown behind the line of scrimmage, and Alvin Kamara ran around everybody else on the Packers' defense to score it. Everybody's been saying it, so it's the hot hot thing to say. Now, I really truly think, I mean, maybe it's a, a situation like the Broncos in 2015 where you let him sit for a few weeks, get his body completely right. Maybe he's not fully ready for the season, but he does not look good, and he's... Gonna cost this
0: team games. I was just thinking that. I mean, if you look at back what Peyton did his last few years, especially his last year in the league with the Broncos, he he was this bad beginning of the year. I mean, people were like, uh, "We do we need to go to Oswald now? What's going on?" Blah blah blah. Could be a could be a case um, if maybe you throw Taysom Hill out there for a few starts, whatever. Maybe let Drew Brees get his legs underneath him, but. When it comes to playoff time, number nine is going to be behind center for that Saints team. It's it's not it's maybe regular season. It's going to hurt you, but when it comes to postseason, you're gonna you want a guy like Drew Brees behind center just because his football knowledge and everything he's going to be going on. Maybe he gets a few weeks off, maybe he has a quote unquote injury that needs healing or whatever maybe. But That's um, what the Broncos were gonna do with Peyton before he actually got hurt. Exactly. So. But I mean when it comes to postseason and the Saints are gonna be right there, number nine is gonna be behind center. Yeah. No doubt about that.
1: They're one of the scarier one and two teams, I think. Um they just had they got they they had a tough schedule coming out of the gate with um who I mean the Raiders are, are a decent team and yeah. then Uh, the Buccaneers, everybody thought that that was going to be a better game, but they kind of showed how how they're in a better place than uh, their in-division rivals. Uh, I want to talk about the other MVP candidate right now, I think, Russell Wilson. That was a good game. Uh, But why, if the Seahawks are as good as we think they are, why do they have to be beating everybody on the last play of the game?
0: I don't, know. I don't know if it's just accustomed to other teams stepping up in the, in the big lights. I mean, the Cowboys are no joke of team, although we always give them crap and they're always, seem like the run-in of a bunch of jokes. They're not They're not a bad team. The Pages aren't a bad team either. I mean, those are the back-to-back weeks where um, those are tough tests. I mean, the Cowboys' defense is very much, I mean, they're lose, they don't have Vander Der Esch and they don't have some of those pieces in the back end anymore, but they're still a very tough team, especially on the offensive end. And Russell Wilson is carrying this team, especially offensively. DK Metcalf has has done a great job so far, but um, I don't I don't think DK is getting the touches he has right now without Russell Wilson behind him. I mean, Russell Wilson has continued showing week in and week out why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's gonna continue to have to do that. Maybe Jamal Adams is gonna do better on the second end, or maybe our back end of that defense for them, but um, they gotta shore up the defense, especially because giving up thirty points back to back games is tough. Look.
1: Yeah, it's not going to win you a championship. We saw Denver doing that in 2013, and we know how that ended. Um, but I think they're going to be one of the teams. they got to go out and, and get a defensive lineman. That's why uh, – did Shelby Harris get extended? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yep. It scared me if he wasn't because he's a guy that I could see them possibly trying to make a little bit of a, a trade for because they do have a decent defense in the middle and the back end with Jamal Adams now, but their defensive line is leaves something to be desired still. Uh, lo- losing Clowney sucked, and they, they just didn't have anybody to make up for it. So uh, their defense needs to be better. Um, the Cowboys are the complete opposite of the Saints at 1-2. and two. I think that the Cowboys are still probably going to make the playoffs because the NFC Beast is no it's longer horrendous. so. is horrendous. Um, but I think that the Cowboys they had a deck is a good quarterback, and Dak should have gotten paid. But as long as Jerry Jones is calling the shots for the Dallas Cowboys, and as long as he is trying to give up as little power as possible, they're going to be 8-8 eight eight perpetually.
0: Yeah, but 8-8 eight eight is going to get you in the playoffs, especially with that division. The Eagles are god-awful. Oh, my God. They t- they're they not even going for wins anymore. Uh, I know, doubles. yeah.
1: That's, that's That was what I wanted to talk about. Doug Peterson punting with 15 oh seconds god. left in overtime.
0: Just saying here, taking it, not even trying to – Force one down the field. I mean, like, the Eagles team are in shambles, man. I mean, maybe it's a case of you don't have Big Dick Nick Foles behind center anymore, but it's crazy. Big Dick Nick is back,
1: by the way. Big Dick Nick is back.
0: We'll touch on that in a second. But, um, like, this Eagles team is just falling apart. And tying, even though, I'm sorry, you're a Bengals fan, but your team is not good. The Broncos aren't either. but tying, are you kidding me? Conceding a tie, yeah, no, that like the Bengals. That's crazy. That's the biggest thing. It, it's not.
1: Burrow has done so much with the amount of shit that he's had to deal with. He he's getting hit so off. He's been sacked fourteen times in three games. That's seven sacks a game for you non math guys. It, it, that's not seventh sex a game. That's not what, seven whatever, seven game. That's but <laughs> but he's had to deal with a lot. So it's not bad that the the Bengals push you to overtime. Their offense has been finding ways to score. They scored thirty points the week before. But it's the fact that you don't trust your team enough to try and kick a field goal. I think Jake Elliott makes that deep field goal. By the way, I think he has a they have a better, a better shot of making a long field goal than they gave themselves credit for. But they also don't think that they're able to stop a tr- terrible Bengals offense from getting one play and then possibly kicking a field goal themselves. They're fi- afraid of fat-ass Randy Bullock running out on the field to <laughs> kick a game-winning field goal in overtime. Are you shitting me? And no. you're a Super Bowl-winning quarterback or coach, quarterback coach.
0: No, where's the Peterson that called the Philly special in the Super Bowl? Because that's that's it's not the same guy that, right now.
1: That was the high school coach in him that made that decision the other night, and it makes me sick. I hate ties anyways in the NFL. I feel like they should play all the games to
0: completion. But are you like, that's just. If you throw Elliott out there for a 60 plus yard field goal and just try, that's more. I'll, I'll have more respect for you than just punting. Like, it's a lot more respectful even just trying. Even though he might miss, probably Ooh. good shot he misses it. Maybe he get kicked sixth.
1: Who cares? Then it's still like you gave it your best shot. All these teams that have the tragic endings. And got, like Alabama, Auburn—that's a—that's a tragic ending. Alabama fans hate the fact that Auburn got that game off them, but they at least knew they did everything they could to win the game. And their code because Nick Saban's not sitting on his thumb like, oh, I don't know, I don't know if we should do this. I, what? I, I, it's I don't know if it's Wentz or Peterson or both, but something's got to be figured out in Philadelphia because they—they they have made enough moves like. I don't know if it's Howie Roseman because he's the one who put together the Super Bowl team, but they should be good. And they don't have much to be the best
0: team in that division. They don't have to do much. You don't have to do a whole lot. Cowboys are are under 500. The football team, uh, Washington football team, is nothing to brag about. I mean, that that whole division, top to bottom, is just not um, what it used to be. And the thing that the Eagles can still – like make a lot of damage in this in this division is weird to think about because the Eagles have... I mean, we're lucky we're not a Philadelphia-based podcast because they probably... first thing they're talking about is fuck Carson Wentz and oh. fuck Doug Peterson. That's the first thought that's probably going through their minds. I mean, I, it, it's got to be terrible if you're an Eagles fan. Um, I don't want... Like, it, it's getting ridiculous. They need I mean, to do something sp- and quick. Because Eagles fans are not known to hold their temper. Yeah, maybe maybe they go out and trade for Nick Foles after he takes the Bears to a uh, Super Bowl this year. But, but uh, segueing into that now, I like, Trubisky era is over. It seems like it's over yeah. completely. Yeah, um, Nagy,
1: I think Nagy came out and said that it's over today. Nick
0: Foles came out, swagged out in a fucking tinted visor with too much drip, and came out and um, put it on. The, uh, who do they play? They the, play Falcons. the Falcons. The Falcons are Falcons a whole other They go run on an Atlanta-based podcast. Yeah, the Bears are now 3-0. They are the among us la- imposter, as you would call it, video game geeks out there. The imposter out there in the 3-0 um, world and Two of those wins were because Trubisky did show up, but Nick Foles is going to be your quarterback. You can't heavily rely on getting comebacks all the time, and maybe Foles will be more consistent throughout the game than Trubisky was. Uh,
1: um,
0: yeah, I, I it's if he I, comes out on a tinted visor, then I have a lot more. I'm I'm all aboard the Nick
1: Foles train. Didn't you take that visor <laughs> off? Because I don't know. I, 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 I think he took it off because he couldn't see out of it, which makes sense. You're a quarterback. You got to see down the field. Why would you have a tinted visor? Still. I know it's cool. It, you know what he did? He played too much Madden during quarantine. He's like, oh, this looks fucking. He's like, sick. Fu-
0: he's like, screw it, I'm not getting in. Let's just throw a tinted visor on, it's, and then it. he gets put in because Trubisky sucks.
1: Hey, I'm Nick Falls. I'm gonna wear. He's the Keanu Reeves of, of starting
0: quarterbacks. I'm gonna wear a tinted visor. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, now before we move on to football, we gotta talk about the Denver Broncos, <laughs> our our hometown team. Jimmy's not favorite team, but my favorite team. It's, oh man, oh Jeff Driscoll. Uh, he, he one of the worst backup quarterback signs we could have made, was signing him, and now this Thursday we ha- against the Jets we have Brett Ripien starting, guy from Boise State who does who did have a pretty good college career, so I trust him more than I do Jeff Driscoll. but. It's it's one injury after another. Now Jorrell Casey's done for the year. I mean Phil Lindsey hopefully will be back this week, but it's a short week, so it'll probably be another week till he's back. It's just getting more and more ridiculous. I am not saying tank for Trevor Lawrence, but you need a tank for a tackle or an offensive lineman. Wilkinson is horrendous to watch at the right side of the line. Seventy two has done a lot better, I'll give him credit, but the offensive line needs needs more improvement. It's getting so ridiculous! People that are jumping off the Drew Lock train also need to calm down. The dude was actually playing decent until he got hurt. Like it's not a problem with the quarterback; it's more of a problem with everyone around him.
1: Yeah, um, it's offensive line. I mean, and it makes the other it makes the other people on the field look bad, and it makes the other people on the field look like they shouldn't be playing there either. That's how mu- that's how important the offensive line is. When it's good, you won't even notice that it's there. But when it's bad, it makes everything look that much worse. Uh, Cause I had to talk my dad out of thinking that Drew Lock was the problem too, because he thought that you know maybe it was his fault he got injured. Maybe he held the ball too long. I said, Dad, he got pressured at 1.2 seconds. They were running a crossing pattern, which was dumb in the first place. You shouldn't be running crossing routes with the trash old line that you have. That's, that's step number one. You run quick slants and you run the football, because that's what they can they can run block. But Pressure, 1.2 seconds. K.J. Hamler comes open, but by the time he's open, Drew Locke is already looking for a place not to die because he's got four guys, four Pittsburgh Steelers chasing him down like rabid dogs. So I agree with you. It's not on Drew
0: Locke. Former Denver Broncos Shaquille Barrett was getting pressure, but he was getting unpicked up by the running backs or the tight end. Literally on five different possessions where he made a pressure on Driscoll or Rippian. And just – that's where the safety came from. You don't guard the sack leader. That's yeah. that's, that's an easy read, first of all. Ripping. That's one guy you need to make sure you're guarding. Make sure that somebody has a body on him at some point. Because if you can't even pick up Blitz or a linebacker that is led the league in sacks last year, that is just terrible. That's not, that's you're, not good. You're letting the
1: rookie free safety <sighs> beat you mentally. Antoine Winfield Jr. is a rookie. Granted, I i mean, one of the guys that I used to do the radio show with told me he's going to be a stud. I didn't watch as much Minnesota football. I talked about him a lot because they were a good story last bird. And Antoine Winfield, a safety is going to be the downfall of your pass
0: coverage? Ever, or your, or er, your, pa- your passing game? Everyone in Denver, please just relax for a second. If we lose on Thursday... Fire John we, Elway. No, no, wait. No, we're not doing that yet. <laughs> we... we Wait, if we lose Thursday, then I am fucking fire-sailing everything against the Jets. But I don't think we're going to lose against the Jets, and I think it'll be a lot better. But this team, you, everyone in needs to take a deep breath. We have we literally have $53.1 million on the IR currently between Von Miller, Drell Casey, A.J. Bouye, Corlin Sutton. The list literally goes on and on, and that's, everyone needs to take a deep breath. If this team is fully healthy, we probably beat the Steelers. We probably uh, the game. Uh, yes, I would say beat the Steelers just because that game at the end. We all we had a chance to win the game against them if we had all of our players. I think that's. Did.
1: I think that's more because they didn't expect Jeff Driscoll to play. I think if they're if Drew Locke, if Drew Locke finishes that game, they they had him schemed up.
0: Either way, closer game. If you have Von Miller, you probably get to Ryan Tannehill more in Week One. Tampa Bay game is a lot closer if you have all your weapons as well. This team is not as bad as everyone thinks. It's just everyone needs to take a deep breath because. This is this is an asterisk, Peter. It's good and bad. For right now, it's Broncos it bad because of all the injuries. But you need to take a deep breath. I'm taking a deep breath because I'm telling myself that as I'm watching this team just put on a shit show every week. But it's <laughs> hey, not tank for Trevor yet. Hey. Please, everyone, take a deep breath. It's not tank for
1: Trevor yet. <laughs> good news is the Jets have scored
0: 37 points on the season in three in three games. R- Bear Ripien might look might might look like the next big quarterback from Denver if on Thursday night. Who knows? Is his un- Is it
1: his uncle or is it his dad? Is his, his uncle? uncle. playing. Yeah, as well. he they won, won a Super Bowl. I, didn't he beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl?
0: I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. He that.
1: won the Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins when they were known as the Redskins. Uh, when they were a, a complete and total dumpster Maybe fire. Maybe he
0: puts on a show on Thursday night. Hope oh, I'm hoping he does. But Drew Locke is still the quarterback, and <laughs> everyone please pump the brakes on Trevor Lawrence. Please, 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 please. We're yeah. not the Jets yet.
1: We're not there yet. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go
0: to the Jets. That that'll be or the Jags if they fall apart too.
1: I I kind of like Minshew honestly. I think Minshew fits the Jaguars so well.
0: I think the Jets feel more comfortable about Darnold though than the Jags do feel about Minshew. Probably just because you know first round. Darnold's been given a tough hand too. That's a whole other <clears throat> story. Oh my gosh. Adam
1: Adam Gase is the worst coach in the NFL. But and he's, he's gonna continue to get coaching jobs because he had that one Peyton Manning. He
0: owes his life to Peyton Manning because he owes many his jobs because of Peyton Manning. Yeah. It's 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 tough to it's he I thought he was gonna be a good coach too, especially after what he did with Julius Thomas, West Welker, Decker and Demary Thomas with um with Peyton, but he's been horrendous in New York and that and that turf is not helping you either oh, oh
1: that's a bad yeah that's a bad turf I want to talk quickly about a game coming up and but then we'll befo- get
0: but before we jump into that I do want to give a quick shout out to CSU Pueblo alum uh, Ryan Jansen who is the starting center at homecoming um, him playing in Denver for the first time as an opponent um and growing up here as well. So I yeah. want to give a quick shout. He's center behind center for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay.
1: But yeah, shout out to him. And then uh, Alex Kappa, I played against him in D2. He was former D2 um, offensive two-time D2 offensive lineman of the year. So the Buccaneers often they showed you what a good interior offensive line. We can talk about that too because there are a lot of people jumping on Cush and Barry's back. Yeah, he struggled, but he's played against uh, Cameron Hayward. Or whoever it is for the Steelers, who's a damn good. And then he had Vita Vea and, and Dominican Sue uh, in, in his third game in the NFL. So people should jump off his back, too. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to next week, Patriots, Chiefs. Patriots bounce back, get a win against the Raiders. Chiefs dominate the Ravens last night. You dominate live tweeted it. Dominated. What do you feel about that game now? Because I, I think going into the season, people kind of wrote Patriots off as this was going to be, they were going to tank for Trevor. Um and Mahomes is going to just torch this team that, that's so vastly under talented than they are.
0: No, but yeah, we they're... still
1: we know that New England still has their culture. So how do you feel about the game?
0: Now the, the this is a trap game for the Chiefs. This is one of those games where you don't think the Patriots are going to be as good as usual. I mean, you are coming off a big win off against a Baltimore team that you just absolutely dominated for for 48 minutes. Now you're facing a a Patriots team that is isn't as strong as what he used to be offensively, especially def- on the defensive end as well without Van Noy and some of those other studs. But um, this is a strap game for the Chiefs. This could be one of those games where they fall asleep and this could be one of their only losses of the season. I would not be surprised if the Patriots come out just because Cam does have another dimension. I, mean, I, I do think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback, but Cam adds another <laughs> passing dimension that Lamar doesn't have. And that could give um, the Chiefs a little more trouble. Yeah, uh, than
1: Lamar. What they were dealing with Lamar. Yeah, when you get up on Lamar Jackson, you know that you're going to be able to kind of sit on the clock for the rest of the game. Uh, when you get up on Cam Newton, yes, he's way more talented of a runner, but I I agree with you. He can't throw. He's got an arm. He's got a cannon still. Uh, he's a former Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, you can't. You can never count a guy like that out. He's he knows how to compete at the highest level against the against competition at the highest level too. So I I agree with you. It's a trap game, but I also think that. The Chiefs know, going up against Belichick, that they're not going to see the same wide-open receivers that they saw last week against the Ravens. Uh, I love the Ravens' defense. They, I think that they are really good. They just played like shit last night. Um, but it is tough to hold down those the Legion of Zoom and Patrick Mahomes. And now Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Man, it would have been nice to be, be able to pick him up in the second round. Both you and I. I was hoping that he was going to fall to the Bengals and get teamed up with Burrow again. How nice would it be to have him in the backfield right now?
0: Yeah, no kidding. Clyde Edwards is hilarious as a stud now. But that Chiefs team, man, I don't know if it was – it probably wasn't as much that uh, the Ravens weren't as – Good defensively as much as it was more that the Chiefs were that good offensively like like we like we tweeted out There's a fullback touchdown. There's a left tackle touchdown The Ravens had a kick return touchdown and usually when you have a kick return touchdown You're either up in the game or you're like one touchdown away and they were two touchdown difference for basically the whole game Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't even close at all and Mahomes was just dialing up and like that He was making those linebackers Queen is young. I think Patrick Queen could be a good Linebacker in this um, league, but he was getting dot, dotted up. Patrick Mahomes was just throwing lobs to um, Edwards-Hilaire, throwing lobs up to Damien Williams, and, and just making plays so easily yeah. that 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 players make that. Sorry, excuse me. The players make because they're Super Bowl t- contenders and they're Super Bowl um, champions. Like these are p- type of plays that Mahomes constantly makes and that's why they're the Super Bowl reigning champs and why Mm -hmm. they continue to be at the top of the board. Mm -hmm. Um, Lamar is... It's unfortunate for Lamar. I like Lamar a lot. I think... He, get, he does get a bad rap sometimes, but...
1: Oh, he's a get, regular season quarterback. He'll never win a Super Bowl. If
0: he never wins a Super Bowl, he'll always be known as the second best quarterback in the NFC behind um, Pey- Patrick Mahomes. And that's 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 something he probably won't be able to live with. That's tough. Maybe we see another RG3 scenario where the Ravens move on in three years, four years, whatever, maybe. But I'm hoping he does good because Lamar is a fun story and a fun guy to watch because he's got wheels like no other. But... It's unfortunate because he's, he's, he's going to be compared to Mahomes the rest of his career.
1: All, all He needs the same kind of treatment that I think MPJ needs where you work on only the thing that you need to work on for the entire offseason. So he should have been working on reads and working on passing this offseason while he had the time to because you're always going to be able to rely on your athleticism. The reason Russell Wilson is an MVP candidate this far into his career, and remember, he's older because he went to play professional baseball first and then came back and finished college. So he is older, yet he's still one of the MVP candidates because he can he can run out and scramble, and he's got a great baseball slide from that baseball background. But he also can throw the football very well, and he can read the defenses, and he knows what he's looking for. So he doesn't have to rely on his athleticism. Lamar Jackson has to because if you give him a confusing coverage or his own blitz, he has no idea what he's looking at. And it's, it's. and that's nothing to do with. He's never had to do it before. Nothing else to do with. It at Louisville, he had two reads. If, the, if one, the guy going deep wasn't open, you take it, You pull it down and run. Those were his two reads. So he's got a lot of work that needs to be done, but I don't think they did the right things in the off season for this. Outside.
0: He has, he has the weapons around him too. Mark Andrews is a top five tight end in the league. Mark Hollywood Brown on the outside is one of the most underappreciated receivers out there. He has he's a lot of wheels. He has talent around him. I mean Andrews did not, he dropped a lot of balls on on Monday night, but there's a lot of things that the Ravens can do better. They're right there. They're going to continue to be right there. They're probably going to win your division. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I mean that the Steelers are going to be head to toe. That's going to be great games. It'll depend on up. it'll depend on how the Steelers play them. But I agree with you; they're still going to probably win that division. They're probably still win the division. So that's that. but they're going to be there'll be a uh, problem in the future. That's for sure. Um, is there any other uh, the only other football thing I wanted to point on is um, the, talking about the Houston Texans real quick because the Texans are are zero and three, but they are a lot better team than they're an zero and three team. They have mm-hmm. played the top three teams basically in the. Um, AFC in the Ravens and the Chiefs, and now the Steelers as well. They've had a very tough schedule. I still think they can turn it around. Uh, I think they just had a murder's row of schedule. Now now they're going to be right in the playoff mix still.
1: Yeah, I think that they're also, like the Cowboys, as long as Bill O'Brien has as much power as he does have, they're always going to be uh, a struggling team. They're never going to be as good as they should be because, they honestly, if you take a step forward from last year, they're one or two seeded in the AFC this year, but I think they're going to take a step back. They're going to lose out on another year of JJ Watt's prime, and uh, it's going to be you know Bill O'Brien is going to waste Deshaun Watson, who I think I agree with Dad Sweeney when he came out in the draft. He said Deshaun Watson's going to be you know he's he's he compared him to Michael Jordan, but the Michael Jordan of football. He's going to be this person, and I think he could be, but Bill O'Brien is is squandering
0: all that talent yeah JJ J watt may- maybe JJ Watt will go to pittsburgh and join his other two brothers down there that'd be funny. but <laughs> Do you see but, how they all race to social media to see if you could post the picture first yeah the watt brothers are it, it's cool to see especially watt brothers we talked about Anthony cupo brothers playing against each other and then um, the holiday brothers like it's it's cool seeing three brothers play against each other it was a dream of mine um, but, it, like, it, it, it's cool to see. But um, continue on now. NFL will continue uh, live-tweeting on Thursday, like I said. Um, I'll have the, we'll be doing the Broncos game against the Jets. Hopefully that's not a train wreck of a game. <laughs> but then while well, the Sunday night game as well as the Monday night game um, to go along with that as well. But keep to keep up in those. And now to a sport that we don't talk to nearly as much, unfortunately. Um, we're watching we're watch we just watched the Yankees game as we're filming right now. But go now, now now we have the MLB playoffs, baby. Oh my gosh. It was perfect timing. NHL just ended. NBA now has more days in between games. Now, I actually watch baseball all day for the first time, and I don't know how. Since spring training. Since spring training. You know, it's,
1: it's crazy. Somewhere, Jonah is smiling, it's, and a know. tear just came to his eye. Hearing you say that, those were his. that was the favorite combination of syllables that has ever been put to audio recording that Jonah just heard. I, I'm glad that you're enjoying America's Pastime.
0: Yeah, I it, it's I I got spoiled with 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 basketball and spoiled with hockey for two months, and now I get to enjoy baseball. Luckily, the Rockies aren't in it because I'd be stressing a lot more. But we suck, so it's okay. But now I get to enjoy some baseball games. And watch like I watched the Rays and Blue Jays game today, and that was a lot of fun. Um, Considering when I first started watching baseball, the Rays were good, now they're good again. Um, So, if you guys follow us on Instagram, Twitter, you'll see that um, we posted both of our brackets. Both of our brackets are kind of similar. We both had the Dodgers winning the World Series. Um, We both had some different ways how how they won. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, for my World Series, I had Yankees versus the. uh,
1: Oh, well, we only,
0: we're only guys. off by like one team on each side. Yeah, we we're only, yeah, we, we only had a few differences. But I had the Yankees versus Dodgers in the World Series with the Yankees being the Rays and then the Athletics um being the Twins in the second round. I, I that's not looking likely right now because the Athletics just lost and the Twins just lost today. Um but on the on the west, I had the Dodgers, I had the Padres winning in the first round, then I had the Cubs and I had the Braves. I did say that I did think the Braves were going to be a surprise. Last week's episode, I totally went back on that. Didn't you put money on that, too? I didn't put money on that. Uh, I just said you should, but maybe don't listen to me last week. But I have them losing in the second round to the Cubs and being a Cubs-Dodgers-NLCS and the Yankees-Athletics-ALCS and then Dodgers of the Yankees. Yeah, and I have,
1: um, you know, I think that the uh, Yankees are going to beat the Indians. I have the Rays beating the Blue Jays in the first round. Uh, the Twins beating the Astros and the A's beating the Sox. The Sox are a sleeper. I've heard that before. They, they were coming into the postseason with a lot of hype. Um, and I don't trust that the Yankees are going to make it past the second round because they don't have the pitching depth. They're going to win and beat the Indians, even though I, in my Beats of the Week I talk about prob- possibly putting money on the Indians to win the wild card. But they don't have the pitching staff to win a seven-game series, but they have enough pitching to get them through, through a best of three,
0: like what they're playing now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, Garrett Cole was dealing tonight. He he uh, he went off. Had uh, seven innings pitched, thirteen Ks, zero basin balls, only two in runs. The dude was dicing up tonight. So um, if, if you're able to piggyback off Garrett Cole, the Yankees I do think could make a run. Um, they just but, don't have enough pitchers like Garrett Cole. That's the thing.
1: Like, and NHL comes down to the hot goalie. MLB comes down to the deepest pitching staff. That's starters and bullpen. And I I don't know if Raulds Chapman's able to play, and that's not having your Big closer guy who could pump hundred five miles five miles an hour in there every night. That's going to be difficult to overcome. So I think that's why the Rays. I mean, the Rays dominated the Yankees during the regular season. I think they'll win the playoff series in the ALDS, and I have the A's beating the Twins because for whatever reason, the A's just seem to show up in big moments. I mean, go back to Moneyball, but Billy Bean did something right uh, because any time that the A's shouldn't win a game, I think they end up winning it. Um, and then I have the A's beating the Rays because, like I said, you just never know. They always end up winning the games they need to. And on the NL side, I have the Dodgers over the Bre- the Brewers, the Padres over the Cardinals, the Cubs over the Bre- or the Cubs over the Marlins. I have no idea how the Marlins even made it into the playoffs. No, it does. <laughs> and I have Atlanta beating Cincinnati. Um, and then Dodgers beat Dodgers winning the NLDS and Braves winning the their NLDS. And then I have the Dodgers Braves in the NLCS, and the Dodgers winning. And I have the Dodgers winning the World Series. So the, it's similar, but not at the same time.
0: Yeah, when I was building this bracket, there was a few teams that came to my mind that where we saw it in the NHL and side in the NBA, where one team that no one really talked about got hot at the mm-hmm. right time. I mean, whether it be the Heat um, or or it be the Dallas Stars, both teams came out of nowhere. It seemed like Phoenix Suns. And now that there's gonna be bubbles after the first round of playoffs, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think teams have possibility can make deep runs. People aren't talking about it enough. For me, it's the Cubs. I think the Cubs could make a deep run. Rizzo hasn't been playing good. Maybe he'll turn it on. Their pitching staff is decent still. Um, they could get some help there. And then another team, like like said, the winner of that A's White Sox series, I could easily see making a deep run either to the World Series or to the ALCS. Both those teams have a lot of great talent and a lot of great depth um, whether it be starting with their pitching. They had a pitcher today go seven innings Mm -hmm. almost throw a no-hitter. Um, that's, that's that's just a testament to their staff, and athletics are dangerous as well. So I think those are my, my sleepers, though, to make the World Series. I do I did pick a New York versus Los Angeles World Series, but I would not be surprised if we saw something like that where we have a sleeper team come out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and for me, I think that team is the Padres. They've been the hot team, and, and it makes no sense for longtime baseball fans because that's one of the franchises that just never is consistently in a, in a position to win championships. And now they have Manny Machado, who is their – a uh, star, and he's a guy who's going to be around for a yeah, while. So they have, yeah, they're, they're, they have building blocks, and it showed this year. They, they put this team together to make a run this year. I think that they can tear through this bracket easy, easy enough, <clears throat> too. Maybe they steal uh, the series, the NLDOS away from the Dodgers, but that's really the only upset I can see happening on the NL side. Every other every other game I pick, you know, there it's really the chalk or nothing. I don't see the Dodgers getting upset, I don't see the Cubs getting upset, and you know, the Braves had a crazy season, so I don't see the Reds beating them.
0: Yeah, the Padres is the only thing why I, I, I did not did not talk about them enough, is because you do have to go through the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have so much talent offensively. Wookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, that team top to bottom is, is a bunch of studs. Mm-hmm. And, um... And is Kershaw Kershaw's gonna pitch in yeah, the playoffs. And hopefully Kershaw gets, finally gets his stuff together in the p- playoffs, but... I I think the Padres do would be a lot of fun story to see them possibly upset the Dodgers. I do think they have a better shot at being the Dodgers than a team like the Cubs or the Braves do. But I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting. We're going to be we're going to be trying to follow along. We won't be live tweeting as much though. Um Jamie's a, Jamie's a Yankees fan, so he, he might have his little insight here and there. But uh, besides that, like we said, the Rockies aren't in it and. Fire Jeff Burdick, please have mercy. Fire Jeff Burdick. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna keep harping that every time I'm talking about baseball. Fire Jeff Burdick. Fire Jeff Burdick. Remember the name. Fire Jeff Burdick. Because if he's if it's either gonna be him or Nolan Arenado gone, I really don't want Nolan gone. So hopefully that turns around for the Rockies because they're right. just piss poor. Right side.
1: if the Yankees fail and, and have a disappointing postseason, there's a possibility DJ LeMay
0: who comes back. <sighs> I'd love to have DJ back, but I don't think he'll ever come back. He, he He's already seen the bright lights in New York too much. But, yeah, fire Jeff Bird, please. I mean, just just listen to the stat for a second. I, I read this, and I was like, this is this is ridiculous. I was reading this after the Nuggets game and after we lost, and I was like, this is just adding salt <laughs> to the moon. But the Rockies started the season 11-3. and three. There were 60 games in the season. Obviously, there's a lot less because whatever, maybe. They only won 15 more games you only doubled your amount of wins after having the best record in baseball one and a half weeks into the season. That is just crazy to me. I can't believe that. That that's, and It's not like they had injuries either. Nolan wasn't playing good. Let's be honest. He had a very bad year. Charlie was actually playing decent. Trevor Story was actually doing not bad. It was the bullpen. The bullpen. Wade Davis and having the absolute trash can of, of, a, of a bullpen just completely – um, wasted the season for the Rockies but what could have been a season where you inched in the playoffs I mean fuck it the Marlins made the playoffs you're telling yeah. me Don't Aaron, Aaron Otto can't squeeze this team in the playoffs come on
1: yeah the manager from Major League is trying to tank the Marlins and they made the playoffs before the Rockies did I agree with you I think Bradich has been on his way out for a while but the you know the owners I can't think of the family name who owns I think it's can't think of the family name who owns the Rockies, but they make their money based off ticket sales, so they're gonna hate. They hate this year, and they hope that there's a vaccine very soon, and everybody can come back to the stadium. But they only care about you spending money at Coors Field. They do not care about the team being good. Other than that one aberration of a season where you have all the stars aligned, Rocktober, that was a fun time. But they, they don't they don't have that anymore. They don't care. They don't want it. Honestly, to be honest with you, they don't want it and there's not enough baseball fans in Colorado and not enough diehard Rockies fans to actually do anything about it. Because if, if it was like the Broncos, if the Broncos were as bad as the Rockies were this past year, nobody would go. That's what happens. When your team sucks, nobody goes. But for
0: whatever reason, the Rockies still get a turnout. It's, it's just because it's baseball, man. It's. I guarantee you, though. You trade Nolan Arenado, you trade Trevor Story, whatever it may be that Burditch is almost about to do. People are gonna fucking riot. There, there's gonna be absolute heydays because the Rockies are always. It, it's it's ridiculous that uh, the Nuggets are always seen as like the third team or fourth team just because the Rockies have always been put ahead because of baseball and it's America's pastime. But it the Rockies have never done anything. Anything we've made one postseason run, we've done nothing else, it's been, been constant mediocrity. They've never won their division. We have the Colorado
1: Rockies have never won the NL West. They've and the been Nuggets around
0: three time defending division champs.
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I agree with, like, uh, success wise and like history wise, especially because the Nuggets were around when, when it was McNichols, not even Pepsi Center. The Nuggets have been around the. They definitely own a stake in Colorado. The Avalanche get the bump because they've won championships, but I think that that might change here in a couple couple years. Yeah. Uh, maybe they both win championships. I'd be fine with that. I'm a Nuggets fan now. Remember that, everybody.
0: <laughs> every Pepsi Center, whatever's going on in the Pepsi Center, I'm interested. I'll tell you right now that the Rockies are the... I'm about to put them below the Rapids. That's true. <laughs> I am about to put. I am this close to be putting them below the Rapids in I th- Colorado sports rankings.
1: I think as many people watch the Rapids games as do the Colorado Rockets. I'm about
0: to make them the second work, or the second best baseball team in Colorado and put the Rocky Mountain vibes because they have a sick fucking name as the best baseball team in Colorado. That's how bad it is. Let, but.
1: Let's have uh, the Rockies go compete in Chassa because maybe they can learn a thing or two from, from the kids <sighs> that didn't get to play last season. Uh, Squander that opportunity. If you scale that out, by the way, to a regular season, it did the same. Like that's like winning your first, like, winning a majority of your first thirty games, and then you only win thirty more. So you end sixty and whatever that is to get to one hundred eighty-two. It's crazy. It, it's it's just, it's,
0: best. It's, just, it's just stupid. Maybe maybe I mean a, a kid that I played basketball with and a guy that um, went to Cherry Creek as well just got drafted. Blake Goldsberry by the Rockies, maybe he'll come in and be the closer and be the next reliever. I hope so because the Rockies need it. Oh, my gosh. That's that's what they need is a guy who's pitched in Colorado his whole life because these guys come in from, like, California
1: or Arizona and never pitched at altitude before. And let me tell you, there is a difference. I've, hit, I've played baseball in plenty of states where if I would have made that hit in Colorado, it would have been a totally different story. I would have been able to jog my fat ass around the bases, get back in my catcher's gear and sit down. But, no. No, I didn't get those things in other states. In Colorado, it is different. But there is a way that you can pitch here and be successful, and they need to bring in guys who are comfortable with it. So drafting local Colorado high school talent, because there is good baseball talent in Colorado. I mean, Maverick Handley played in Colorado his entire entire life. I'm pretty sure he'll be in the, in the pros soon. Uh, he played with Nate on Slammers for a while. But he's wide, widely regarded as probably the best baseball player of his age group. And that's the you got to get these guys who are used to playing here cuz it is a, it's a disadvantage playing here
0: the the one the one thing that's going to go on my mind as we're talking about this like could you imagine if they had the bubble here the the world series bubble cuz right yeah. now they're going to Arlington for the world series um, having two teams stay there so they don't get um, the virus or anything. But could you imagine if they had it here? And Kershaw's pitching in Colorado and and the end of October. Oh my gosh, his ass would be lit up for fourteen runs. It'd be entertaining baseball. it a uh, very entertaining baseball.
1: Yeah, you don't even need to be. You like you'd catch home run balls in the back of like off the concrete parking lot. You could be in the apartments that they're building across the street and catch home run balls because that's how far. <laughs> like yeah, it, it would be.
0: It'd be, it'd be fun. That's
1: why when you play MLB the Show, you always do the home run derbies in Colorado because they they try and they mimic still, the know. physics. They know, yeah, they know. It's uh, it's definitely an advantage. So. Hopefully, you know, hashtag Fire Jeff Bridich. I put it on all the Rockies tweets that Far Under the Bench puts out. Hashtag Fire Jeff Bridich. Now let's get into some good news. Let's let's start our segments.
0: Uh, before we start on the segments, we do need to touch on UFC this past weekend. Uh, yeah. we, hopefully you guys went in and listened on our Saturday bonus episode that we had with Jamie's good friend, Rev. Um, we had a lot of great insight. The MMA, on MMA medicine, man. And my, my, my uh, stupid ass picked up basically almost every loser in the, fin- in the main card, except for about two guys, and that was the Colorado kid and uh, the first main event card, or main event fight, which I forgot the guy's name of, but it was a very fun card. Go back, listen to that episode. We didn't just talk about the card on Saturday. We talked about Connor and Pacquiao. We talked about um, Habib and Gaethje. We talked about um, a bunch of different different things. If, if you're on Spotify, just scroll up a little farther on the feed, you'll see bonus episode number one, UFC 253, what it was. Um, you can skip through the uh, the, the main or the, the talks about the fight or you can just listen to see how wrong how wrong I was especially because Jimmy only missed one fight. Um, that was the Dominic Reyes fight but yeah. be sure to go back and listen to that because that was a very fun episode with Rev. but uh, like we said Asanya dominated and he took down Paulo Costa, and then Yamblahovi um, took, took down Dominic Reyes and more was one of the biggest surprises that the light heavyweight division has ever seen. Um, and he is now the light heavyweight champion of the world.
1: Yeah, KO Punch. We underestimate Polish power a lot. They are yeah, tough people, and if you get hit by a Polish person, I feel very, very sorry for you. But that, that was my biggest surprise of the night. I owe you one on the Roy Vall pick because I don't know who I would have picked <laughs> if you hadn't mentioned that he was from Colorado.
0: Same, uh, art. Or insane submission win by him. Too. Oh my yeah, gosh. and then my strategy
1: of picking the Brazilian girl that I've never heard of before <laughs> worked out as well. Because she beat Sam Eubanks. Uh, unanimous decision. And it was uh, DeWodu was the fight that you were thinking Yeah, DeWodu, yeah. Was, he won a split decision to open the main card. Uh, how did... Well, so if you took my parlay, you lost all the money. I apologize. But <laughs> that was the only way you could have made any money betting on that specific fight. Because Jake Matthews was such a big favorite. I really think they should just revoke, like, Diego Sanchez's license at this point. Because I, I didn't watch his fight over the weekend, but I've seen his more, more recent fights, and it is difficult to sit, make yourself sit through. He, it is, he, he it is, is watching somebody get beaten to death very, very slowly.
0: He, he is at the end of his career, and he does not deserve a Conor McGregor fight. guarantee you that, too. That's ridiculous that that was even talked about. But I don't think that could get sanctioned, honestly. McGregor, that, that McGregor, would, McGregor would absolutely just obliterate him. he did
1: end up going to prison.
0: Uh, but now let's definitely get into our beats of the week. Like we've been saying, I completely went on my pick went against my pick last week of the Braves. But maybe you still, maybe you're a Braves fan. You're still feeling that. But um, for my first beat of the week, I, I got to touch on the basketball. Have have a basketball pick here. Um, For from, from my first B-League, I have Bam Adebayo winning the Finals MVP at plus 1,800. I think if the Miami Heat win the Finals, I think it, the MVP trophy won't be given to Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler will be more locked in on a defensive end. I think it's going to come down to Bam Adebayo and Anthony Davis, who, which, which big man is going to show up more. If Bam Adebayo has a 38-point game like he did in Game 6, um, he's going to be the Finals MVP. His defense against Anthony Davis is going to be huge. I think he comes out with the Finals MVP trophy, so I think that's a pretty safe bet, especially if you want the Heat to win.
1: Yeah, when I was looking on FanDuel today, looking at the prop bets, uh, shout out FanDuel, sponsor us. Can we'll, we'll give you all that yeah. stuff. Any betting app, first betting app, first come, first serve. We'll we'll partner with anybody. Uh, but when I was looking at FanDuel, I was wondering who would be a good pick for that, because obviously you have like LeBron, who's not going to win you much money because he's already favored to win that win that award. Uh, but Bam would be something, and I agree with you. If the Heat win, it's because Bam had an amazing series and locked down Anthony Davis. If not, we're going to be hearing about LeBron and Anthony Davis. We're getting ready for Space Jam too early, let's just say that. Uh, I really don't want them to win the championship. LeBron has been getting under my skin. But uh, my first beat of the week, I got football. Uh, and I'm actually taking the over for the Green Bay Packers game, 57 and a half. And they're I would also bet on them as a seven and a half point favorite at home. They're playing the Falcons this week, Sunday Night Football, I believe, which is going to be a massacre. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of points scored because the Packers are going to score at minimum thirty on that terrible Falcons defense. And uh, who knows? Maybe the maybe Matt Ryan wills the Falcons. You know, stacked offense into the end zone a few times, but I think it's going to hit the over, and I do think the Packers are going to win by more Yeah, the only thing
0: I'd say about that is, is the over is going to be tough to hit, especially if Matt Ryan doesn't have Julio Jones again this week. If he's having to rely on Ridley and rely on some of rely on Hayden Hurts as well. I don't think you're going to get to 67, 67. Right? Fifty-seven and a half. Oh, fifty-seven and a half. I no, think sixty-seven. 67, and a half. I, 67 honestly, and I'm half. stopping
1: myself short of saying the Packers are going to score fifty points on the Falcons and they can just
0: score a touchdown and, and get it. But I, I thought you said sixty-seven. No, fifty-seven. Like, oh, and if, it was, half. if it was sixty-seven, I was like, dang, the under, please. But no. fifty-seven, yeah, maybe if if Aaron Rodgers puts up fat numbers, but
1: well, I mean, think about it. He scored. Uh, I got to pull up. I got to pull up their schedule, but they scored. I think thirty points at least a game. Uh they are one of the they're the best offense in the league, points-wise, I'm pretty sure. and Yeah, so they scored 43, 42, and 37. And now they get to play another terrible defense. And yeah. this is this is the worst team that they've played so far, so this will be – Yeah, maybe they'll – I think the over is a slam dunk just because they could possibly hit it themselves.
0: Yeah, that's true. All right, so now for my next beat of the league, I'm piggybacking off Jimmy's uh, – football pick, I am now gonna pick the Bears again for back to back weeks and it's it's ridiculous saying this now. Duh, I feel more comfortable about my pick this week, especially since you're playing a Colts team where Phillip Rivers is known to throw the ball to the to the opposing team so often. So I'm picking the Bears right now at plus one twenty five to beat the Colts. I think Nick Foles could have a big game and like I said, Travisky era is over. So let 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 the let the Foles era come full ahead of steam and Get them off to a 4-0 start.
1: Yeah, I think um, my next one is also football. I'll stick with my football ones. I had Cleveland on here, plus 100, to beat the Yankees, but they got demolished today, so I don't think that's as good of a bet anymore. Demolished. Uh, my next one, Las Vegas Raiders are plus 128 to beat Buffalo outright, and I think that's actually – I think this is a trap game for Buffalo because they just played uh, the Rams and had a really tough game. That's an emotional come-from-behind victory. That They shouldn't have been in, honestly. They should have dominated. They were dominating the Rams the whole first half. That's a testament to Sean McVay and his coaching staff. But this is definitely a trap game because now you go, oh, it's the Raiders. Oh, we're playing them at home. Uh, Plus 128, not bad for an outright victory in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and then um, for me, for me, the, the one I'll, the last beat of the week, I'll I'll go back to baseball. It's not as blasphemous as my Braves pick was last week, but um, so right now the Cardinals right now to beat the Padres are plus one seventy five. The Cardinals have made a lot of. Great moves, and they did just sneak into the playoffs. I think they could be a team that surprises a lot of people and could possibly pull off the upset against the Padres. I could not saying, the Padres are a young team. Maybe you see a case where they're not as veteran savvy and they, they fall apart in the first round of playoffs. Mm-hmm. So plus uh, 175 I think is, is a decent bet to take um, for the Cardinals to beat them because I think the Car- Cardinals do have a lot of talent still.
1: Yeah, and if you want to talk about one of the best cultures in sports, uh, St. Louis baseball culture is something different. They love the Cardinals out there in Missouri, and they know their baseball. So that that team has been around and been uh, very good for a long time.
0: In my opinion, I think it's probably going to be one of the best uh, opening wild card series for Mm -hmm.
1: sure. I think that's, that's one of those, if you're going to talk about sleepers to possibly make even more damage, I think that series is going to kind of decide who is going to be the underdog for the rest of, of that side of the bracket. My last one, I uh, have the under to hit in the Las Vegas or not Las Vegas. The Rams and Giants game. Uh, minus, and that's at minus one fifteen odds. The over under for that game hold on. You're
0: taking favorites now. Jeez Jimmy, I thought we were I thought we were sticking with, with underdogs for Beats of the League. I guess you're one, minus 115 one feet one fifteen favorites. Mean, I, was, I couldn't find anything else. Carla
1: or something? I, I couldn't find anything else that I really liked. Because you know, everything else it's gonna to be too hard too difficult to make money. I think this can actually happen. Uh why won't it just show me the the damn override? Well if it's a
0: minus one fifteen you gotta think I mean the books are saying it's gonna happen, Jim.
1: Well it's minus one fifteen for the o under and minus one oh five for the over. Oh, so it could oh. go either way. Okay, okay. Um that over under we really need to hire a producer that can just do all this for me. I could, I, mean, I need a young Jamie. Uh, look this up for me. Why? Yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to talk about it. Just yeah. do it. Like, I said Joe, so. like
0: Joe Rogan has, just as producer. I, I, just I need eight. an
1: intern that I can boss around. <laughs> uh, well, the Rams. Rams and Giants. Over under 48 and a half. The Giants. Uh, if you combine the Giants and Jets' total points on the season, it comes out to 75 so I think the under is very very likely to hit in that game. So if you want to put in a sucker's bet and win some, not as much money, but it, you can you can look like the high roller. Say, go like have your have the girl that you're trying to impress over. It. Be like, hey, I'm going to put in my bets for the weekend. Watch this and put just one hundred
0: dollars down on the under. I would not and, and, put a hundred dollars down on a, on a trash game, but well.
1: But you don't have to tell her like this is definitely gonna happen. Like this is going to hit. I don't have to worry about this. But also, if you do it that way, there's a high likelihood that all of a sudden Daniel Jones is gonna throw five touchdown passes and blow everything up. Oh my god! That would be that would be on bad beats if
0: he throws five touchdowns. I I think it's I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's gonna be ridiculous. (laughs) It's frustrating to think about. But so now let's let's dive into our uh beats, or our player of the week. Now, um, we both picked football players. I, I got to see yours earlier. I think I'll start with mine first. I have Josh Allen, who is averaging three hundred passing yards per game through three games, seventy one percent completion percentage. he threw another four touchdowns this week? I believe he's at 11 touchdowns right now through three weeks. He has only one interception as well, and that interception was based, was was on the receiver because the receiver basically just lost the ball in a in a, in a lob ball into the to the defender, so it wasn't even his fault. Um, I think Josh Allen has been playing out of his mind. I think he is 100 is it. For sure, starter in every fantasy football league. I have Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen in one of my leagues, and I'm benching Lamar. That's crazy to think I'm yeah. benching Lamar, but Josh Allen is a must, must, must have starter every single league fantasy football. So that's why he's my player of the week. I was
1: gonna say if out of that quarterback class, that's the Mayfield and the Darnold and the uh, Josh Rosen, and that that quarterback class out of that that year, he's definitely taken the most steps forward. Uh, Maybe Baker. I mean, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But just individually-wise, Josh Allen, he's a video game character at this point because he's got the liability to possibly fumble it, trying to lateral it because he thinks he's still playing out in the fields of wherever the hell he's from, California. Uh, But he's also got the ability to throw it from his own 20 and hit his receiver streaking down the 40-yard line on the opposite side of the field. You take the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah one it's of one of the arms best arms I've ever seen. Yeah. Let alone just one of the best arms in the NFL today. That's that's not a bad pick.
0: Yeah, so that was my first player of the week that I think has not been hockey or basketball. So that's kind of a nice oh you learned from last
1: week because if you're if you're bet, bet it, if you're picking based on the sport that you like, a lot of people like football compared to how much they like yeah. basketball. That was proven because I think Jeremy Grant should have won last week, but Russell Wilson dominated. It was, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Russell Wilson.
0: Let Russ cook. People need to give Jeremy Grant more
1: respect. <laughs> uh, my player of the week, Justin Jefferson, rookie receiver, had seven receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown in his last game. They did lose, but he's been getting better and getting more targets as the season has gone on. And I think this was his first time to actually be – he was drafted to replace Stephon Diggs, who they traded to Buffalo. Uh, funny enough, that's that's a really weird connection, and that's how that worked out for our, our two picks. Yeah, But uh, Justin Jefferson had a great game and i think he's going to continue to have a great season so he's my pick for player of the week old bayou bangle joe burrow's favorite target while he was winning 15 straight games in in college at lsu and having that historic season so he's my pick for player of the week
0: yeah the, both our player the is, is is kind of now we have both two football players so it's going to be interesting to see who people pick. I think I might have the edge just because people know more about Josh Allen. Yeah, thanks. Maybe. Thanks a lot. Pardon my take. Especially if you're Draft Josh Allen. a dot yeah, com. If you're a part of my take fan or if you're a fantasy football fan, you definitely know that Josh Allen is heating it up. Or
1: um, or those Wyoming fans. Don't forget about those Casper, true, Wyoming fans. They Wyoming love their boys.
0: Who do you have your uh, play of the week?
1: Play of the week. Play of the week. Blake Coleman. Uh, I we talk all this about football and how hockey ended. We didn't give as much love to hockey just because it was not as marquee of a matchup. But if you watched last night, well, two nights ago, three nights ago as you're listening to this on Thursday, Monday night, Blake Coleman's goal in the second period, it ended up being the Stanley Cup winning goal. was just a thing of beauty. They passed it triangle on the ice just the way you draw it up Blake Coleman one time right over and we all know if you're an Avalanche fan you know how good Anton Khudobin has been and how difficult it is to get something by him clean and this one was one it was just right over the top of him goalie never had a chance um, so that's my pick for play of the week.
0: Damn, Jimmy, you're really giving me a two uh, a two win this week because my my play of the week I think should win. You, it, you've said that before, and then I thought I, I'm I, beat you. I probably will be wrong again, but I think my play of the week just because it's a lo- it's a lot more well known. I think both of our this week is it's kind of funny because both of our play play of the weeks for this week are both um, by people that we don't talk about a whole lot like Coleman. So yeah. my play of the week I have. The Alec Ingold leap over the Patriots defender by a fullback in in, uh, in the Raiders game versus versus the Patriots. I was losing my mind when I saw. It. I hate the Raiders. I absolutely am. Like like the Steelers to you or the Ravens to you. Like that, that's the Raiders are to me. But yeah. seeing a fullback do that. Just brought a biggest smile to my face because being a former fullback, I loved it. And so that's definitely 100% my play. Luke. I think that – you don't see that. That's a that's a dude that, that is meant to go downhill and block somebody, not leap over the top of somebody. That's, that's a pad level, baby. That's, that's a pad level.
1: That's a dirty trick, taking a fullback <laughs> touchdown to go against me. You know I it wasn't can't even a
0: touchdown. It was just a leap like, over for the first down. Oh, a
1: fullback – uh, the, probably the best fullback play of the week <laughs> of the season so far. I think it's better than any touchdown that's been scored by a fullback, but you got you got you had to do that. You know I can't say anything bad about that. I love fullbacks. Yeah. Fullbacks are the guards of the backfield. That's yeah. what I'm sticking with. Yeah, you're probably gonna win that one, but I think Justin Jefferson <laughs> could beat. You you know those LSU fans are nuts? Yeah and then LSU mixed fans. with the Viking skull. And this is their guy in the future? Who knows? Yeah. Depending on who season, it, will be interesting.
0: Before before we wrap it up here, I do want to give one quick shout-out to Mark Cuban and Delonte West. Uh, if you guys have been following along, especially on the NBA Twitter world, you'll see that Delonte West has been going through a lot of trouble. The man was a former um, teammate of LeBron, former uh, member of the Dallas Mavericks team, and been around the league for a lot of years. And He, he um, came out during the summer that he was going through a lot of trouble and was, was having a lot of problems with drugs and different things and Mark Cuban got him in, got together and reached out to him and he's in a rehab facility doing a lot better now so I just want to give a quick shout out there because um, I'm, I, I, like I've been saying you probably, know, you probably all noticed I'm a basketball geek and Dante West was a lot of fun to watch when I was growing up so hopefully everything gets better but just want to give a quick shout out to Mark Cuban for um, coming together and helping, helping him out
1: yeah and sticking in that same vein I, since it's still um, affecting him I did want to um, just say, you know, my thoughts are with James White and his family. I don't know if you've been paying attention to that story. He tragically lost his dad in a car accident before their game last weekend. And his mom, I think, is still in critical condition. So he has been playing with them. But this is, you know, I've, I talk about it a lot. And if you're friends with me, you know. The reason why I love sports, yes, I'm competitive. But I love the moments that are bigger than the sport. And those are two things, like getting a guy's mental health and, and other addictions taken care of is so much bigger than the game. And then when you, you have a teammate, I mean, we've both like had, had teammates that have had tragedies happen to them and their families and then have tragedies happen to former teammates. And it hits a different place because you go through so much with these guys and I I just can't imagine how either of those people are feeling in the moment. And they probably thought it would never get better, but hopefully it starts to at some point. Where It seems like... We're turning a corner. Don't go on Twitter, especially stay away from political Twitter as much as you can for the next, however long it's going to be uh, until the election. Especially, you know, like on, on nights like tonight when we are recording, it was debate night. But we got to get a break from that. We didn't have to worry about anything like that going on because we got to sit here, do this podcast for the Unhinged Network, and, and sit here and talk about sports and, and stuff that that. Like, uh, able to take our mind off of the heavy parts of life.
0: Exactly. That's one of the reasons why both of us have, have, have either been involved in this industry or just love being around it because the relationship we both created while playing football and the relationships we still have with a bunch of our friends that we have because we play football, play basketball, play baseball or whatever wrestled with them, just mm-hmm. like whatever it may be, like that's that's one of the great things about sports and that'll continue to happen. But if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, be sure tomorrow, Friday October second, the first day the unhinged network comes out. Be sure to follow along. We have a great set of great set of shows yep. coming up on Friday.
1: Live stream. I believe it starts at eight a.m. Eastern time, so it's early. So you're probably not going to catch. I mean, you can catch them all on demand after the entire live stream is played. But Friday it starts eight a.m. Eastern. I believe it's the J Morning Show. Yep, J Dash um, start, and that'll kick off the network. And then there's. Shows going throughout the day. Are You pulling up the trying to pull up. Yeah, your schedule? I'm trying.
0: I'm trying to pull it up right now. But yeah, J Dash shows smart the start. I believe the MMA show is next. Uh, with with uh, with our buddy that we were just feeding out earlier. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, it's it's a full slate. We we unfortunately have to wait till next Wednesday because we're recording this on Tuesday. Yeah. But we're we we will not be on the on the network until next wednesday so our ne- episode that we will be uh recording on tuesday will be the first one that will be a part of the unhinged network on on uh next wednesday so next so this is the last week that we'll have only a, a voice pod voice pod actually uh, we'll have no,
1: the unhinged live stream is also only voice. uh Okay. it's not video 2 it's only voice for the unhanced live
0: stream mm-hmm. so that'll lo- just
1: be the first time yeah. it debuts on the website mm-hmm. so the,
0: the live stream will be only voice but uh, we are looking We as we're talking about this we're, we're, we're filming and we're, we're also live recording so uh, we're going to Hopefully get our YouTube page going up soon um, we're, we're still trying to figure all that we're, 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 Like we said we don't have a producer So it's just two two football Dummies that are trying to figure All this out as we go I went to school
1: for this but it's not easy on a budget So, so we're that's still what trying we to
0: get through all that But be sure on Friday um, To uh, follow along with all of our buddies The J-Dash show, the yeah. MMA podcast um, The Air, Air Raid Attack uh, The Zach Kelman show The Great Bit, Iron Gallery, Iron Gallery. There's, there's so many great shows Jeff Tate podcast, uh,
1: nationwide sports talk. A lot of these, and we've been looking. Like, we're not just telling you to listen to these podcasts because they're on the network. We've actually listened to their episodes. We think they put out good content. We wouldn't have decided to be like join this network if we didn't think that the other shows are also going to get some attention. We want to build like feed energy into their shows so they'll feed energy into our shows, and then the fans, like all the listeners of the Unhinged Network, can argue over which is the best show or talk about different opinions on each show like we're we're all in this to work with all the other creators on there
0: no we're very fortunate like we have a great relationship with with Jim and a bunch of the guys at the Unhinged network and um, we, we we would not be a part of this. We would not be telling you guys to go listen to their podcast if we didn't believe in what they're doing as well because they're doing a lot of great things over there. Sometimes it's always... It's sometimes boring just to listen to my dumbass voice and then j- listen to Jimmy's uh, radio talk show voice. So if you if you want to change away from that, go be sure to listen to all those because they're so much fun to listen to as well. I mean, I, I, ever since we start, started doing this podcast thing, I've started listening to more and more podcasts, not just the... All the Barstool ones, not just the uh, um, whatever Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. I've been listening to all sorts of different things, and we're not the only ones that, that are just jabbing back and forth at this. There's other guys doing the exact same thing and doing a great job at it as well.
1: Yeah, I was listening to one this morning. It was basically the Canadian version of our show. So if we
0: lived in Canada,
1: and it was funny because they are talking about NFL, like they were big. They were big American sports fans, but. Yeah, they gotta figure it out there. Yeah, they gotta figure their quarterback situation out, and uh, maybe it's the end of the Mitchell Trubisky era. So, like, there, there's a podcast for everything that you could be looking for, and uh, we hope that you enjoy this one. And then par like, like
0: we say with the bets, parlay it into also listening. You know, exactly. Uh, if, you, if you follow Unhinged yeah. on, on YouTube, follow it. On, uh, Unhinged
1: SN is the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that YouTube Subscribe
0: channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Starting next week, we're going to be having having on there. Like we said, like don't just listen to us too on there. There's so many other great shows. So many different things. It's basically just a radio show, man. If you like listening to Mark Slayer in the mornings, or you like listening to um, Stephen A. and Max Kellerman jab back and forth on ESPN, or, or Skip and Shannon, whatever it may be, just, just li- get a listen to not only us, but give listen to other people as well. Because there, there's a lot of great minds on the Unhinged Network. You guys are going to enjoy all the podcasts as much as we do.
1: Yep. So now let's wrap this up. So go follow our social medias at FEOTBPOD on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and we've been posting a lot of stuff through there. We've been live tweeting a lot of the games. Uh, you guys have been loving the Center of Attention segments that we post on there as well. So we, we're going to continue to do that. Um, and then. Uh, subscribe to the show on everything but Spotify Apple Podcast Breaker Google Podcast um, all those all those platforms subscribe to the show rate the show five stars leave a review if you guys give us if you give us a good review we'll read it on air we'll talk about you and we'll give you your five seconds of, of air time so be sure to do that and then if you listen on Spotify follow along with the show so the new episodes pop up in your feed automatically I know that's how Nico listens to a lot of his podcasts so it's the easiest way to keep up with the episode, so you're never behind. Um, and then with the Unhinged stuff, we have it on Wednesdays, so that you guys can catch the premiere, but you'll also still be able to listen um, to the audio. And then when we have the YouTube stuff figured out, the video versions of the podcast, whenever you want, on all of the platforms that they're already on. So it's not like we're just going on to the Unhinged Network, that's just another platform that you can find us on. Um, and help us grow the brand,
0: but... There's going to be so much, man. You guys yeah. are not going to want to miss out. Like we like we teased last week, there will be an NFL show. I don't know if it'll be next week, but probably be, be the following. There's going to be an NFL Unhinged show, which both Jimmy and I will be a part of. Um, there's going to be... We'll probably have guest appearance on different shows. We'll have them come join us as well in some segments. Whatever it may be, there's going to be so much with the Unhinged Network. you be sh- you, you got to be follow. If you follow us, you have to be following them, man. Yes. You have to be following our brand because every single one of of us are all going to be feeding off each other and doing an incredible job of building this network off the ground. And it's only going to keep getting better. All right, for
1: this has been Far under the Bench, episode 8. For my brother Nico, Brian, and me, Jimmy Pilato. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. This is a Dollar Bill
0: was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them and I made it a habit. Towing them pizzas and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the be. Elephants, they get mad to me. I'm getting to it, feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk. I'm going here, I'm going crazy. I'm we sticking up for a nigga. Look that that music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out the nine and I tell it for 30 to, to the